Bonjour, hello, hi, welcome inside episode 15 of Lay Beer Leaguers. Time to talk some hockey. Myself, Jacob Cohen, Mitch Tierney, out in Kitchener. What's going on, dude? I hear you're itching to go. We have a trade to announce, like literally an hour before we start recording. Well, before we get to that, I've uh, I've got some sad news uh, for you, Cohen. Oh God. The uh, the Ottawa Senators they they can no longer win the Atlantic Division. Um, they can officially only get to, yeah only get to ninety five points this season. The Bolts already have ninety six. I mean uh, they, they looked it looked so good for so long for them, but yeah it's it's not going to happen this year unfortunately. Ah uh, man, the pipe dream it's dead. That's de- that's devastating. Yeah. Wow. I wish you would save that for the end of the episode, not the beginning. Yeah. It's just going to be yeah. No, it's like just... despondent the rest of the time. God damn, man. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. How long till Tampa gets the X? It's got to be coming soon, man. Yeah, I mean, you would think like ninety six is like pretty much usually the cutoff for, um, you know, for for points to. You would think like the next win probably they they get the X. That's nuts. It's just so crazy to me. I've seen on Instagram TSN's been doing a little like posting about what do you think is going to happen first? Tampa Bay gets a hundred points or Kucherov gets a hundred points, <laughs> and just the fact that like those things are even a possibility in february is so nuts yeah that's ridiculous yeah they're they are rolling right now yeah and the centers are not but let's uh let's do first things first uh we we'll talk trade deadline but let's uh i guess break down the the trade that just happened charlie Mm -hmm. coyle from minnesota going to boston for ryan donato in a fifth I, i don't know too much about ryan donato i just know him as one you know a pretty good like young 20s uh forward like do you know more about this guy well, he had a really good first uh, first season. I mean, he only played 12 games in, in that first year coming out of Harvard University. Um, Harvard. Yeah, he had uh, nine points in his first 12 games. That's what he has this season uh, in 34. So it's been uh, a little bit, uh, you know, more of a struggle for him, but pretty high skill. I mean, if you look at his numbers, his shooting percentage is way down and his PDO is way down too. So a player you would expect some some positive regression from um, in terms of, you know, he's been a little unlucky this year. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, a young player that, that has potential um, being traded for a player that we basically know what he is at this point. Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, I... I always seem to like Charlie Coyle's game. I mean, the guy did score 20 goals uh, only a few years ago. So, I mean, it's definitely, it's a guy who can play center or the wing. And uh, Boston, you know, looking to beef up their, like, middle six forwards before a playoff run. Like, it seems like a pretty good move for them. Uh, I just feel bad for Minnesota, man, because, like, pretty <laughs> much any single team uh, in the West can make the playoffs. And Minnesota's right in the hunt. And then their once Emiko Koivu goes down injured and pretty much everybody knows their season's over. So, I mean, this is, I guess, Minnesota getting a little younger and, uh, and, and looking to the future. I, I don't think they're done though. I could see them moving, uh, Eric Stahl if he's willing to, uh, I think he's got a, a partial no trade clause if I remember mm-hmm. uh, correctly. So if he's willing to, uh, like pick out a team, uh, a contender that's looking to move for a center, like, I, I could definitely see Minnesota doing that. It just, uh, you know, like I said, I feel bad for him because, uh, you know, any anyone could have snuck into the playoffs in like that 7-8 spot. But uh, I guess it's one of those win-win trades where both teams get what they want. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, uh, we've seen a few trades already with uh, Muzzin and, and Boyle moving. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's a lot more uh, uh, trades coming. Pierre Lebrun uh, from The Athletic are 
parent sister brother <laughs> relative so we have so we're somehow related to the to the athletic so like um, fourth cousin three times removed sure okay we'll 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 refer to it was that i'm definitely not going to remember that i'll come up with something new every time all right <laughs> fourth cousin thrice removed uh their insider pierre lebrun uh saying that uh, Mark Stone and uh, Matt Duchesne's future should be uh, decided in the next couple days. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, the trade deadline's on Monday. You know, the you know GMs have to kind of, you know, know the lay of the land and know who's available, who's not, who's going to be moved for. So once uh, teams know what uh, the status is on Stone and Duchesne, I think uh, you'll see the, the trades uh, heating up. And uh, I, I think uh, GMs don't like uh, trading at the, you know, the last second anymore. So I expect, you know, we'll, once Duchesne and, and Stone are kind of like more known, we'll see some more, uh, some more trades rolling through because there are a lot of names on the board this year. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of talk uh, about Duchesne and, and potentially Stone sitting as well, which is very yeah. interesting. Well, I mean, Duchesne confirmed sitting, and Stone is, uh, I think, rumored to, but almost, yeah. Uh, yeah, on Thursday, I believe they play. There you go. It's, I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, if you know for a fact, you know, you don't have a concrete trade fully, but you know that it's it's getting there, and you know that this player, you know. If, if he's going to play more games for your franchise, it's going to be a couple. Is he worth playing? I mean, you might as well give that to someone in your organization that, that will be playing for you long term. Again, like you said, you're risking that injury and then all of a sudden you, you can't deal the player anymore. Um, you know, I think we talked about Ottawa off the top. Um, if there is one positive for them this season, I know they started incredibly bright and everyone was you know thinking maybe they'd be a little better than we thought. But if there is one positive for them this season, it's that these players, Single Stone um, and Duchesne have all had pretty outstanding seasons, so they should be able to get something good for for each one of these pieces that um, you know maybe they they wouldn't have been able to. I mean, Stone's a good player; they're all good players, but Zingles had a great season. Yeah, uh, he's overperformed. Yeah, or, Duchesne's like, yeah. been up and down recently, so he's been he's been very up. So I think that they'll be able to at least cash out on on some of these pieces and in a reasonable way obviously when you have three of them on offer you know it, it maybe brings down the, the overall price a little bit but um you know th- there could be a lot of futures and and young you know solid young players headed ottawa's way pretty soon yeah for sure so uh we we were uh, gonna uh break down uh one winner and one loser each our predictions for the treadland line but before we get into that uh, we can actually break some news on this podcast. Elliot Freeman just tweeted out that uh, Jacob Silverberg has reached an agreement five years, uh, $5.25 million per year with the Anaheim Ducks. So that's a, uh, a a significant forward who is now off the trade market. I think it was earlier today LeBron had uh, speculated that they'd agreed to, an, uh, to a deal, but like they just they couldn't uh, call it in yet, something like that. It, pretty shady. I didn't really understand that, but there you go. Like Officially, they've locked up a... Uh, one of the what what I I've never thought of him so highly, but what a lot of analysts call one of the best young two-way forwards in the game. So uh, that's one piece of the Ducks who's locked down for the next five years. But you know, I expect they'll be uh, busy at the deadline, probably selling off some assets. Yeah, yeah, not a bad deal there for uh, for the Ducks. Like you said, a very good two-way player. I don't know if I necessarily call him one of the best two-way players in the NHL. I mean, he's he is on the Ducks, but. Um, 
they're you know it's at least a bit of positive news for them and uh yeah they could have moved him but he's one of those players that i think is going to be good for you know the the length of this contract they gave to him so he's one of those players that you might as well just just keep around and and for sure well a guy who scores 20 goals and can play 200 foot game you know like Mm -hmm. there you go they make a good example for for the younger players as well yeah it's it's yeah i think it's a it's a pretty solid deal and one that um you know like i said at least one positive for for the ducks of late yeah exactly it's basically our tory and if he manages to hit the back of the net once every like 100 <laughs> chances so so major or like bit of a side note our tory at least three looks at an open net last yeah night. hasn't oh, scored 20 me, games how, it was all, all over it? montreal radio today it's all anyone wants to talk about was like <laughs> dude how do you build a guy's confidence when he's not shooting in an empty net like it's just it's beyond belief oh yeah yeah just just ridiculous but yeah i think the the thing that we wanted to transition before uh you know the they finally made that suspicious call and got the Silverberg contract uh, done is is um, you know our, like you said our winner and loser for the deadline obviously uh, some of the trades have already been made so we have a little yeah. bit of context here but um, yeah I'll I'll start with uh, I'll start with a, a team I think could potentially be a loser if they if they make the mistake of going all in and that's the New York Islanders this is a team that I've kind of been. <laughs> on about being a you know a little bit of a sham uh considering their goaltending and a bunch of things about their roster um you know i don't think they're nearly as good as they are so if they are to go in and grab a rental at the deadline you know grabbing a a player with a little more term is different because there are definitely some good pieces there um look no further than matt barzell obviously as a franchise player you can build a team around but if they go out and, and grab a rental you know people have been talking about them in the panarin conversation it's it's just not worth it for a team that could very well you know next season be what kind of what we expected them to be this year if if you know all these all these basically uh, if their goalies stop playing so hot yeah exactly yeah basically if their goalies stop playing so well and some of the guys like Valtteri Filippola who um you know overall in their careers have have been proven to be um you know not not all that great of players but have been pretty ridiculous this season uh start start you know going back to to the mean um yeah i I just think that it'd be uh it's kind of the way i feel with the montreal canadians you know you're playing with house money a little bit here um don't get silly and and try and make a move that that could hurt you down you know uh down the long run because this is a team that definitely is not in the stanley cup conversation for me yeah totally agree with you man um Although who knows, man? Lou is such a such a scary dude that like maybe he'll he'll pull off like a sneaky great deal, yeah. you know, last minute of the deadline and, and get a piece for not much. And the other thing is there's there's a lot more buyers, or there's a lot more uh, available and talented forwards mm-hmm. than there are buyers. So it's possible a guy like Gustav Nyquist, who you know is a sure bet for twenty twenty five goals a year, you know, very skilled guy to add into your top nine, is going to be available for like a second round pick. So you know, if you don't have to give up much, you don't have to give up uh, any significant prospects or, or roster players. You know, I don't mind that. But I agree with you. The Islanders going all in on like a Panarin seems kind of nuts. And uh, I'll, I'll take my loser the same direction. Uh, you know, if you're at the top of your conference or at the bottom you know the trade deadline is pretty clear cut but for teams on the bubble that are you know close to making the playoffs or in the conversation but are definitely not gonna win the stanley cup it is definitely the kind of thing that you 
you should not be going all in. And I'll pick the Carolina Hurricanes and and possibly the Philadelphia Flyers, depending on their next couple games go. Uh, just because both teams have a, a a significant forward on an expiring contract, Michael Furland and, and Wayne Simmons, mm-hmm. who according to analysts are going to fetch you know like a first round pick or you know a, a prospect and a pick package kind of deal. So for teams that are looking towards the next couple of years, you know, pretty significant assets. But neither of those teams is, you know, close enough to the Stanley Cup that it, it should warrant hanging on to those forwards, making a push for the playoffs, sneaking in in the eighth spot and getting smashed by Tampa Bay in four games in the first round. So I, I'll pick those two as the potential losers if they decide to hang on to uh, either one of those players and make a push for the playoffs and end up getting slaughtered by Tampa Bay in the first round. Quick, uh, quick Lou Lamorello story. Uh, apparently, uh, they were playing the the Flames, and and James Neal uh, was doing a a signing um, in a hotel they were staying at, and uh, like the, in the lobby, and Lou found out found that out, and they just left the hotel. They just went to a different oh. hotel. <laughs> oh God, that's got to be. I mean, imagine being the logistics guy for the Islanders, and you get that call. It's like, uh, yeah, Lou. Ah, uh, Lou's hotel. done it again. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine if Lou Lamorella was the guy uh, playing around with Mark Masters' shoes. You're like, what the hell? He just takes a bottle of shoe polish out of his pocket and like, throws him over his shoes. What the hell is wrong with you, Mark Masters? Don't you hear the shoe policy on our media staff? God damn it. And cut, trim that beard. Yeah. No facial hair. All right. Winners now. Um, I'll go first, and uh, I'm – gonna pick again one of two teams basically whoever wins the central division so that's either the winnipeg jets or the nashville predators you know as right now they're separated by one point in the standings i mean i think pretty much everyone's gonna predict that those two teams will meet in the second round like they did last year and it's gonna be just an absolute slaughter fest you know six or seven games to get through that series to the best teams in the league and uh, both those teams are linked to some of the best forwards on the market. Winnipeg's heavily linked with either Duchesne to pencil into their second line like they did with Paul Stastny last year, or they're looking at Mark Stone to possibly, you know, throw into the mix uh, uh, in their top six. So uh, Nashville as well linked to possibly Panarin, possibly Wayne Simmons. So, you know, if either of those teams loads up on a big gun, I, I think it's also one of those things where kind of they're looking over at each other across the ramparts and thinking, oh God, these guys are going to, beef up we're gonna have to beef up too so you know it's a real uh, uh an arms race uh, in the central division you know expect both winnipeg and nashville to to add a significant forward at the deadline and i'm gonna pick the winner is whoever manages to get out that second round matchup because god it's gonna be a good one again man yeah for sure i'll uh i'll throw out an eastern conference team to to face that and um i know it's it's a bit of a tough one for us but i do think the leafs especially if they can grab another defenseman they've been linked to guys like nick jensen on the on the detroit red wings and and good uh, you know a couple of solid depth defensemen like that if they can add another defenseman and they they will have added you know two decent well one very good and and one decent defenseman uh over the past couple weeks that's that's a massive coup for them and it makes them look so much better i know obviously we've talked about tampa as well and that's a team that is going to be incredibly difficult to get past but um what's crazy is even tampa's talking about adding a guy like simmons at the deadline like (laughs) how a team that is so stacked at you don't need also has the cap space to add a wayne simmons is just nuts to me 
Yeah, so I mean, they could spend the assets that they want to, but mm-hmm. yeah, if they just sit pretty right now, they're they're still looking pretty good. Yeah, so the, maybe the bolts in there as well, especially if they can swing a, a move like that. But yeah, I think you know if the Leafs can can figure out uh, you know how to how to add another player to that back end, you know, I think they it could be a very good team here and one of those teams that definitely is already in the conversation but would just uh, you know augment their position in in there because we've already seen with Muzzin coming in everyone just kind of slots a yeah, little bit closer to where they should be in the, in the lineup for sure yeah i actually hadn't even thought of the leafs cuz you know i just kind of think of their business as being done but uh, you're right. We talked to a few people who said that uh, the Leafs might not be done. Actually, St. Louis winning all these games probably hurt them because people were linking them to Petrangelo and yeah. uh, uh, who's, the, who's the other one? Colton Pareko, exactly. So, you know, maybe if the, the, the Blues had, you know, got, kept their downward spiral and hit the panic button, you know, they would have sold an <laughs> asset off at like a maybe a reasonable price. But yeah, now forget it. Obviously, they're going to hang on to their pieces. So, yeah, that probably hurt the Leafs in their search for a right shot defenseman. Yeah, for sure. The Blues are another interesting team of the deadline because, you know... What the hell do they do? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That, that's one team that actually I wouldn't... You know, they're, they're just built They're built to win now, right? So I wouldn't actually be that, you know... We, we've talked about some teams that are probably overperforming, and sure, the Blues are, are overperforming right now uh, on the back of Ben Nasty, Jordan Bennington. Um, <laughs> I love that. But... Yeah, you know, they're, they're a team that we thought before the season would be one of those top teams in the Western Conference. So if if they were to add a player right now, I don't think uh, I don't think it'd necessarily be the worst thing. But uh, we'll see what they do. They're like, like I said, they're just another one of those interesting teams to watch because um, all of a sudden it, it would make a little more sense for them to to maybe do a little shopping at the deadline. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I forgot to to ask you actually when we we're talking about the coil trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was listening to to Mitch Melnick on TSN six ninety uh, earlier today, and um, they were talking about Charlie Coyle because news had, the the trade had not been broken, but news had been broken that Coyle had been told not to board the team plane. So it's mm-hmm. clear he had been traded. Uh, and Mitch Melnick kind of wondered aloud. He saw a fit between Montreal and um, and Minnesota because Minnesota clearly had an aging center ice with uh, Mark Stahl and, and, and Miko Koivu, whereas Montreal had a very good young center prospect in, in uh, Ryan Paling. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just wondered aloud, you know, there's a fit between those two teams. What would it take for Montreal to part ways with Ryan Paling and, and send him off to, uh, to Minnesota? Would you... Uh, would you consider doing that deal if it's coil and like uh, and 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 some other pieces come the other way? Or are you so high on paling that you wouldn't touch him? Um, look, I think I think paling's going to be a Charlie Coil, like at, at minimum, considering what we've seen from him in, in the college levels and the World Juniors. I'm not a top prospect guy, but yeah, yeah but we the, both followed him enough. To yeah, like just the way he just the way he plays play. the game. I, I don't know. He seems to have a, maybe a little bit more offensive. Uh, ability than Charlie Coyle it's it's hard to tell we'll see I like I said I just think it's it's probably a similar player and a player that I don't necessarily think you need to to bring in right now for for Montreal so obviously that hypothetical trades you know it's not going to happen but um yeah I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been overly happy if if they made that trade to be honest yeah one well, believe me uh, Melnick said he took a lot of abuse on Twitter and on, <laughs> on the text line 
the people thinking that he was proposing a one for one coil for uh, for Palin. He's like, guys, listen, I didn't say that. All I was saying was suggesting that there was a fit and what would it take, yada yada. So yeah, no, obviously, definitely did not happen. You know, especially you know, coils in Boston. So I, you know, I don't think those two teams are going to be making a deal anytime soon. Yeah. But I, I, I'm with you. I think Bergevin kind of sees, you know, the plan for a center ice being Kakaniemi, Paling, Deneau. He's very happy with that, has no need to mess with the future of the Canadians down the middle of the ice, which finally looks good for the first time in like freaking 30 years. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm with you that I, unless it, it was it was a, a deal so good you couldn't turn it down that he's not going to part with uh, with Paling. So. Before we uh, yeah. before we move on from from Coil, uh, I just wanted to add one final thing, which is: mm-hmm. Have you seen the tweet? Uh, there's a bit of a viral tweet going on right now. There's a there's like a fan who asked way back in November. He asked a hockey writer, uh, you know, like like fans usually do. They kind of propose trades, and he asked him, uh, "Would you trade uh, Ryan Donato in a fifth for Charlie Coyle? So somehow <laughs> somehow he completely predicted a trade that is like pretty like it's it's not like it's the pretty most, random yeah exactly yeah so i don't know what this guy was was on but pretty uh pretty hilarious the so. round. He's got the round yeah yeah you that's know, a, yeah fifth round is like pick or a mid-round draft yeah, pick, yeah, but yeah. like he nails the prospect or i guess the young forward yeah. and he nails the uh the the, the draft round so jesus go buy a lottery ticket dude that's nuts yeah every um every you know uh, proposed trade is usually a second rounder, so I'm, yeah. I'm surprised. Second you... rounder is such a safe pick. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I did want to add that before we uh, wrapped up the the coil talk. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Well, I think uh, we're wrapping up uh, trade deadline talk as well. But like, just noting that uh, our next episode is going to come uh, after the trade deadline. So obviously, we'll talk about all the big deals and uh, break them down, winners and losers of the day, and uh, well, I guess the week now as it's it's kind of you know the new nhl is shaping up to be and uh we'll talk about how it impacts the the season going forward because you know obviously uh you know playoff contenders or bubble teams will be loading up and it'll kind of change the landscape a little bit so looking forward to uh our deadline or post deadline episode which is coming up next week cool so let's move on uh two little uh i don't know i guess silly stories that uh have in the nhl that caught both of our attention uh first one went f- pretty viral you want to talk about the uh the the robots in the league showing their true colors oh geez well i mean like <laughs> the the picture it's, just so it's one of those pictures that says a thousand words uh, like the video is crazy but the 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 like even crazier one is the still of just the entire leafs bench freaking as you would when a puck sent at you at you know probably 75 80 miles an hour you know right in the in the face range everyone's freaking out and John Tavares is just sitting there looking straight ahead um <laughs> and as you mentioned uh we we've got a couple of robots this week the the next one was Pierre Maguire I, I don't think I don't think his was as robotic because he kind of saw it at the last second it looked like one of the crazier shots of the season though I hope uh um, I think Tim Thompson is his name, the guy who does the montages for for uh, CBC and Sportsnet. I hope he he has that clip queued up because it's such a like cinematic clip of the puck just going straight by Pierre Maguire's nose as it uh, flips by the bench there. But yeah, two guys who you know didn't react the way you'd think a normal human being would to uh, a puck being fired in their general direction. Yeah, well, I mean, with Pierre Maguire, it's more just like a funny 
you know, it, it would be him that this happens to because he's just such a like a comedic presence in the hockey community to begin with. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Jay and Dan put together a little montage as as they would. You know, Jay, you know Dan uh, Dan O'Toole is like on camera and going, "We almost lost a hockey legend." And uh, as the puck whizzed past his face, he saw his career flash before his eyes, eyes, <laughs> eyes, eyes. And then they show all these ridiculous clips. You yeah. know, like the one of him saying, "You're an announcer with a long stick to the." T- <laughs> and him t- going Dustin Bufflin you know so they just they basically just use it as, as an excuse to play a best of Pierre Maguire uh, reel but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I mean that guy like you said it was just kind of more like an awkward angle for him but man John Tavares so got caught daydreaming in the middle of a game because oh, yeah. yeah like we joke about that guy having no personality which he so doesn't he's got the personality of like some boiled cabbage yeah the quote but, afterwards <laughs> yeah I uh, let me let me pull it up uh, while I finish ranting about how annoying John Tavares is, but uh, <laughs> it, like because the quote was ridiculous. But I'm, I mean, he was so clearly daydreaming because, like you said, like if a puck gets fired in at like however many miles per hour, like your natural instinct is to duck the hell out of the way, and mm. the entire bench, like the crowd behind him, everyone freaks out, and this guy just like unblinking just staring off into the distance like i don't know if he was thinking about the game if he was checking out a hot girl in the crowd like <laughs> what the hell he was thinking but it, yeah it, it looked pretty lame yeah i don't think john Tavares thinks about anything other than hockey so that's probably what what he was thinking about right. but yeah i mean there you I, go. I found the quote it's yeah uh, so go ahead they asked him about after the game and he goes yeah i got a few texts from family and friends yesterday and i guess i was just pretty confident it wasn't going to hit me so just thankful for that and probably was in deep thought just about the game. Like, dude, like, come on. You can't say a single funny thing about that. Like, come on. That's just – it's just it's just nuts how this guy seems to have no personality. Unless he's really one of these guys that hates being in front of the camera, but he's forced to because he's, like, an all-star. And then, you know, as yeah. soon as the cameras leave the room, he's, like, you know, a nice, funny guy. But uh, I don't know. It just, it just always seems like he's just such a business and, like, nothing else kind of guy. I don't know. If I, if I went up to his cottage in, like, Muskoka or whatever and I was – I can't imagine what I would talk to him about other than hockey and that new, like, mattress commercial he's in. Yeah, it's it's so funny the uh, uh, the the Robbie Shrimp quotes that came out this oh, week about him God. being just, like, a self-centric superstar. <laughs> like, if this is your self-centric superstars, like, what is this sport? Because, like – you know, in any other sport in the world, John Tavares would be like the most professional, like, yeah, <laughs> like lunch pail player. He just gets his job done, and well, that's kind of the that's kind of the quote was like he he gets his job done. He he doesn't you know he isn't like a, a full on team player, but man, like yeah. that's uh, that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, this guy just seems like you know the most vanilla player ever so calling him like you know self-centered was just seemed so ridiculous yeah yeah well i think that's just like a war of words that's kind of gone on between like a few islanders players and and uh tavares throughout the season like they i would watch out for them honestly just because they're playing with that whole vegas last year style chip on the shoulder yeah. kind of hockey you know so they you like it you know they do a couple you know they do a bit of jousting with tavares now and again like i guess it's understandable you know like yeah. they're on twitter they can say whatever they want but uh, wow. Rob Shrimp, I, I I feel like it was more personal for him just because uh, Tavares mentioned him in an article talking about uh, Josh Hosang and, and how he reminds him of Rob Shrimp and like a guy who's uber talented but like just doesn't put it together and like 
you know, produce the way people expect them to. And yeah. if like someone talked about me like that, where you're like comparing me to someone else in a in a negative way, like I I could see why Shrimp would be pissed and fired back. But yeah, I I don't know how many players around the league are gonna step up and be like, yeah, Rob Shrimp's right. John Tavares is such a selfish guy. <laughs> like, dude, all he does is practice and go to the gym and then like play hockey. I feel like they're, like this is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, definitely, definitely uh, some like interesting drama for us to talk to at the very least. And the NHL gets so little of it, whereas like you know in the NBA and the NFL is like nonstop drama. It's like you know I guess we eat up uh, you know what little we get. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Pierre Maguire's first name is Regis? That's a lie. Nope. That's a get, goddamn. Get on the Wikipedia lie. right now. That's a goddamn. It all makes Someone so much that sense. No, how? <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> Were you just perusing him on Wikipedia and it said born Regis Pierre Maguire? Potentially. Oh my god, that's so funny. I can't believe that. Oh my god. I'm going to text into Melnick. He's on uh, Melnick uh or maybe maybe I'll go in uh, uh, and ask him if they'll if they'll bring it up on uh, tomorrow's segment. If if they if they introduce Pierre on Mitch's uh, on Mitch Melnick's segment as Regis Maguire, I lose <laughs> it. I absolutely lose it. Yeah, it's funny. I I missed the the start of uh, actually. I guess when did the Maguire clip happen over the weekend? Uh, the... yeah, it must have. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen the. I just saw the the gif, but yeah. yeah I th- I feel like it was on the Saturday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta go back into the logs uh, next time uh, I'm by I'm at the stations and uh, and go see if they brought it up on Monday because I, I I listened today and yesterday, but I didn't listen to the Maguire uh, hit on Monday. And I'm dying to know if they asked him about it because that that Regis is definitely going to come come up with something jokes. He probably said the exact same quote as John Tavares, like just word no, for word. No, Maguire's actually a funny guy. <laughs> Could man. you imagine though? He's just like, just yeah, I got some texts from my friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was just thinking about hockey and wills and cones and <laughs> psychopath. Okay, well, uh, the other soundbite that we want to bring up was. Uh, Torts pregame in Montreal, man. Torts is at it again, but not for what you should expect. Yeah, well, Torts usually brings the fire in his pregame interviews, but this time the fire was uh, in Panarin's asshole in the the hotel that (laughs) night. He colorfully described that Panarin was, in fact, scratched not because he was not getting – not because he was being traded, <laughs> but because he was, uh, as Mitch Melnick so delicately put it, uh, redecorating the hotel bathroom. I like which, that. Well, yeah, I don't like I, that, but. Well, I like it too, but I like that a lot more than than <laughs> John Tortorella, the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, telling reporters that his all-star player shit his pants that day. <laughs> he literally said shit his pants. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe that a coach would say that about a player. It just seems so ridiculous i don't know what was going through tortorella's mind maybe he just needed something to you know he needed to throw a bone at the reporters so they'd stop asking about all the trade rumors but yeah oh god i i i can't imagine how panarin feels well i guess i can because we've all had the flu but i can't <laughs> imagine how he would have felt reading that 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 soundbite or listening to the soundbite man isn't that nuts oh yeah for sure i mean that's that's a horrible look for uh you, you know you never want People certainly to know that but yeah that was uh, I mean it seems to have worked uh, nobody's <laughs> there's a lot less talk about the Panarin trade now and a lot more talk about yeah, you know about maybe, the fire some, yeah, in his <laughs> maybe some other things that he doesn't want out there so uh, I've been trying to think of a clever bread man nickname but uh, I haven't been able to to get that to describe his his current state but yeah just uh 
Yeah, we could that... really trash Panera Bread and call him the Panera Bread Man. Uh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> I've, might I've be had a, a couple times. Potential sponsor. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah potential sponsor. They, they make you get your own coffee, though. It's, it's not great. It's, they're going for the whole hipster vibe. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, me neither. Okay, well, uh, before we move on to healthy scratches, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Corey Schneider. I love the goalie talk. Mm-hmm. Cannot believe that this guy went as long as he did without a win. But uh, on February 15th, so we're going back a week, he came off the bench and got a win. And then two days later, he started for the Devils and got his first win in a start. So he went 415 days without a win. Holy smokes. From December 27th, 2017. Yeah, yeah to it's not like he wasn't playing. 2019. Well, I mean, look, he, the guy battled injury no problem and he he dealt with uh, consistency before that but god for for a goalie of his stature and a guy who came into the league as you know with such promise as you know one of the best young prospects uh, when he was on the Canucks to going two almost two years without a win well I guess not almost two years a, a year and a bit with, with it's it's just mind-boggling it so anyhow, you know, the goalie happy position see... is voodoo. <laughs> Let me tell Goalies you. are voodoo, man. Goalies are absolute voodoo. But you know, y- you always want to see you know players of talent on the ice and and performing to their best. And I just hope for his sake and for the devil's sake that he can you know find some health and uh, and get on a nice little run here because he. he when he's on, there he is so technically sound. He's so fun to watch. So you know, I, I hope he can uh, stay healthy and, and and keep going because, wow, I, I I can't imagine what it does to a goalie's uh, you know mental state as well. You know, trying to get back on the ice and uh, and and steal the number one job back. So just wanted to give that a little mention. Remember when everyone thought that the Corey Schneider for the pick that got Bo Horvat trade was a ridiculously one sided trade for the the Devils? Yeah, boy, that looks uh, it looks a lot different now. I mean, obviously yes. things have gone downhill for Schneider a little bit, and Bo Horvat's been absolutely fantastic this year, and looks like he'll have several good years of being, you know, an, uh, not elite but very, very good NHL center. So, uh, yeah, to your point, it's a little less lopsided than it did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you never know. Things are things are just starting to turn out for Vancouver uh, Dude, right now. In a way. Like they went from like just such a dumpster fire. To having two of the best young players in the game, and yeah, Bo, Ho- Bo Horvat, who to your point is not elite, but he just seems like such a well-rounded player and a guy who might even be the captain of the Canucks one day. So, mm-hmm. man, yeah, like, I could see that work. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, healthy scratches. Uh, you want to go first, or should I? I? I think I feel like you should know what I'm going to go with for my healthy scratch. To be honest, I don't, but I, I will go first here. And uh, my healthy scratch this week is the Oilers lineup without McDavid they practice this week um here's your forward lines uh first line I mean the Nuge Dreisaitl and Zach Cassian which I mean uh, not many teams would have Zach Cassian on the first line so that's already a concerning sign second line Tobias Reeder Colby Cave Alex Chason then you got Lucic Brodziak Curry and then Gagne Malone and Raddy that's pretty close to an AHL team man (laughs) And I mean, it's it's just a tough look for a team that you know had so much. At least have had so many top picks. Yeah, nuts. Had so many top picks and have had so many decent forward players. You know, in and out of their their system. 
have you ever seen uh, it was TSN I think that posted it um, they um, they 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 put together the Oilers roster if there had been no GM interference like no uh, free agents and no trades during the mm-hmm. time just draft picks yeah and there, you've got Hall in the mix Eberle in the mix uh, Barzell uh, Barzell is in the mix their defense looks not bad uh, just it's it's crazy how much that that franchise got to shit yeah and yeah yeah maybe they'll trade for Panarin oh god I that's the other problem too is is to attract free agents you need to have a you know a, a solid team or yeah. you know a market destination you know Panarin I hear is looking at either you know like California so moving to LA just you know who cares how good the team is he gets to live mm-hmm. in Hollywood or moving to a top team where maybe the destination is not as good yeah, well, Edmonton sucks. Yeah. Sucks. What the hell is what the hell's going to attract any players there? I mean, the I can't one, believe that McDavid signed for eight years. Yeah, the one, the one free agent they were able to get, Milan Lucic. I mean, that's already looking. You know, he's he's on a horrible contract, and and that situation's looking terrible. So if you're the next guy who who's potentially thinking about that, why would you do it? I mean, obviously, you know, there, there's the whole thing of getting to play with McDavid, but that hasn't. You know, all the players who they've brought in specifically to play with McDavid, it seems like Strom, uh, among others. It never seems to to fully work out in the way that they thought it would. So yeah, it's. But uh, if you're a forward, no matter what your talent level, you're probably going to get a chance to play on McDavid's wing. So like, might as well true. stop there on the off chance. Yeah, Alex Chason. I mean, big year for him. Craziness. Okay, well, I'm yeah, I'm yours? I'm a little shocked that you couldn't figure out what mine was, but mine is uh, is is uh, Sam Reinhardt on the Sabers chirping oh, his goal course, after yeah. a game. I, yeah. th- this happened a little a little while ago. It's because uh, it happened on uh, the pre- not this past Saturday, but the one before. So maybe you'd forgotten about it. But oh, I did not forget about it. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> I I have rarely been so like angry after reading a bit of news. So just in case uh, any of you listening didn't uh, hear about this on uh, oh, so it was Thursday actually, Thursday of the seventh. Mm-hmm. The Sabers lost six five to the Carolina Hurricanes in in overtime. After the game, Sam Reinhardt goes on the record blasting his goalie saying you know the team can't score five goals and lose the game we need good goaltending and we and we need it from the start of the game and uh you know we would have won if it wasn't for the goalie basically is what he said dude are you kidding me you're gonna throw your goalie under the under the bus first of all first of all i watched the highlights of that game the goalie was getting hung out to dry left right and center like he'd make the first save or two the defense couldn't clear the rebound and boom they score a two-on-one where the 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 defense doesn't play the pass and they pass it over and it's a one-timer no chance for the goalie like those are the kinds of goals you're talking about so if you guys are the freaking new jersey devils in the 1990s and broder plays a bad game and some asshole is going to throw the goalie under the bus fine at least he's an asshole but don't like play terrible defensive buffalo sabers hockey and then throw your goalie under the bus. like that's just not fair second of all nobody calls their goalie out man that's just not how you do it same as pitchers in baseball it's the most important position it's one that comes with a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and you want to be as supportive of your teammates any teammate as possible but especially the guy that the game is riding on without a goalie you're not going to win the game the freaking buffalo sabers can tell you that because they haven't had a goalie for the last eight years suddenly this year they've got linus Olmark in that game uh, was playing. He hasn't been too bad. And they signed what's his name again from the from the St. Louis Blues. Always Carter forget his name. Hutton. Hutton. Yeah, Hutton had a great start to the season. They were competitive and went on that run because Carter Hutton was so lights out. So goddamn, I can't believe that anyone would call out their goalie, but especially a loser from the Buffalo Sabers for who 
for such a high pick has been pretty disappointing and can't get his team even a sniff of the playoffs. So give me a break, throw the goalie under the bus. All right, I think Sam Reinhardt's been pretty good this year, but um, he has been pretty good this year. I'm not gonna lie. But I, I was checking his stat line when I when when I saw him do that. <laughs> I uh, I definitely uh, I definitely agree. I mean, it's it's maybe a misunderstanding of you know motivation. I mean, you know, if you call it a player, I mean, it's a difference. You want your goalie dialed in. You want your players fired up. If that makes sense, like you can speak to maybe the mental aspect of of the goalie a little bit. But I feel like if your goalie's, you know, if a player's kind of got a little bit of anger going into a game, he's a little bit ticked. He's that's probably going to help him out a little bit. He'll play a little harder. Uh, you want your goalie a little more mellow, a little more, you know, focused instead of just being kind of, you know, a little more angry. And, and I mean, in this sense, probably self-doubting himself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay, well, so he's got 52 points in 59 games this year. I mean, I feel like yeah, you would have at least 40 points playing good. with Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner <laughs> this year. So, I mean, I'm not exactly impressed at this guy. A lot guy, of secondary so apples. A lot of secondary apples, man. Like, uh, you know, just, you know, just, but just put the put the face mask on. You know, the the thing covering your eyes, and you know, just just put your stick out on the ice. Like, it's they're gonna find you and and tap one uh, <laughs> off of you on on the way up through the neutral zone. But, yeah, just. You know, for for a team like the Sabers that you know, every year for the last few years has expectations, and every year can't get it done. And this year, having good goaltending from Carter Hutton, and still, you know, as of right now, six points out of the playoffs, and I don't think anyone really expects them to 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 make it this year. Just just shut up, man. Don't call it your goalie. <laughs> when was the last time you heard a player call it another player after the game? You know, like oh, our first line left wing sucks, or you know, we can't let it. We our fourth line can't be giving up goals. You know, like it's just you know, it's a team game. You don't call it your teammates to the press after the game. It just, it, it I, I couldn't believe it when I read it. Yeah, uh, I can't really remember the last time, but yeah, certainly I, I've never heard someone call it their goalie in that way before. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, totally bizarre. All right, well, that's my angry rant for the for the for the episode. <laughs> uh, I, I wish we we got we got introduced some like I don't know first stars of the game so that we don't end on a healthy scratch. And I always <laughs> our our list. I don't want our listeners, you know, ending this episode angry or ending any of our episodes angry, like punching holes through walls. God damn! How could Sam Reinhardt call his goalie out? Ah! <laughs> I feel like not everyone's maybe quite as uh, heated about this one as you are, but well, all uh, our goalie listeners, all our goalie listeners should be. <laughs> and any any guy who plays on a team who has a goalie should be mad. <laughs> hey, everyone sticks up for the goalie, man. I can't yeah. count like guys on the team will 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 absolutely roast me to no end in the room. But if some guy even gives me a snow shower on the ice, you know there's gonna be pushing and shoving in front of the crease. So like hockey players are always very honorable with that kind of thing, which is why it shocked me that Reinhardt would do something like that. Yeah, I was uh, I was such a crappy defense. Like I played defense for a couple seasons, which you know my game. You can imagine how horribly that went. <laughs> that was my move. Like the the goalie was gonna hate me anyway. So anytime someone even like slightly touched the goalie, I was all over them just because like that's the only way I could endear myself back to the goalie. <laughs> oh God, man, you you're lucky when we played uh, at Ryerson that you were never on defense. I I don't think we'd be friends now. <laughs> I and I mean that seriously. Like I, 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 I'm very strict about who can play defense on my teams. Our blue line was already not not unreal on that team, so I don't, I don't had, know how much worse it would have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but on my beer league team now, man. Like, if 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 someone who I don't think is responsible try, you know, our captain says, "All right, this guy's going defense in the room." I'm kind of like, eh, no, he's not. <laughs> 
Wow. Diva. You, no, man. I just hate giving up goals when it's not my fault. You know, if I give up a bad goal, it's like, okay, guys, I suck and I'm sorry. But, like, if, if some guy doesn't, you know, for, forgets that you're not supposed to just stare at the puck while it's in your zone, like, that, <laughs> that's it. He's, he, he's getting a blocker right to the throat. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, we'll maybe wrap it up there because uh, I feel like it's threatening your beer league defenses. Uh. Hear that? You're getting blockers. 